Genesis chapter 48. It happened after these things that one said to Joseph, Behold, your father is sick. He took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. One told Jacob and said, Behold, your son Joseph comes to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat on the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make you a company of peoples and will give you this land to your seed after you for an everlasting possession. Now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine, Ephraim and Manasseh, even as Reuben and Simeon will be mine. Your issue, who will become the father after them, will be yours. They will be called after the name of their brothers in their inheritance. As for me, when I came from Paddan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way when she was still some distance to come to Ephrah, and I buried her there in the way to Ephrah. The same is Bethlehem. Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, These are my sons whom God has given me. He said to him, bring, Please bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he couldn't see. He brought them near to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I didn't think I would see your face, and behold, God has let me see your seed also. Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near to him. Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads and let my name be named on them. And the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. He held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. His father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also will become a people, and he also will be great. However, his younger brother will be greater than he, and his seed will become a multitude of nations. He blessed him that day, saying, In you will Israel bless, saying, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. He set Ephraim before Manasseh. Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, whom I took out of the land of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. The chapter starts with... Um, Jacob telling his son Joseph the things that God had said to him. You know, that the Lord was going to give him this land and to his ancestors. 
And he was recounting the promises. These are the same promises that God gave to Abraham, which Abraham told to Isaac. God gave to Isaac, which Isaac told to Jacob. God gave them to Jacob. And now Jacob is telling them to Joseph. So this is the, a multi-generational God. And this is something really interesting because when God gives, this, gives promises, he's not giving them to, to just you alone. We've seen this here in our own church at peace, that the Lord has, has given both promises and instructions to my father, John, but it wasn't just for him. It was for the whole congregation. And the whole congregation is supposed to and is stepping into the promises of God. And um, so the Lord gave my father this instruction in 1997 to take an apostolic message to the nations. That was a command. It's the commanders upon the entire congregation because we're a people together. And it's also upon those who join us from other places around the world. The Lord does things with peoples. He, he does work with individuals, but it's always, he's a generational God. And we see it right here where Jacob is now passing on the promise and the command and reminding his son Joseph of what the Lord has said. And the next thing that happens is Jacob adopts Joseph's two sons. So he, he says to him, your sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, are mine, even as Simeon and Reuben are mine. Some commentators think he's actually switching them out for Simeon and Reuben and saying, I don't want my two anymore, I'll have your two. But he's not really doing that. But um, but he's adopting Joseph's two sons. And it's interesting because when you, now after this in the Bible to come, whenever there's a listing of the 12 tribes of Israel, these two sons are a part, they're two of the 12 tribes. And you might say, well, hang on, <laughs> the maths is a bit gone wonky now. 12 tribes, 12 sons, there's two more, that's 14, true. But you see, Joseph is now excluded from the, Joseph is part of the 12, but he's now two. And he's not listed. Now, when they list the 12 sons, they're not saying the tribe of Joseph. No, he's not counted because he's two. And so what, what Jacob was actually doing was making Joseph the firstborn here who got the inheritance. The firstborn always got the double portion. So what he was doing was actually giving the double portion to Joseph and saying Joseph is the true firstborn here. And um, so there's now 13 tribes, which we call the 12 tribes of Israel. There's the, there's the 12 sons, but one of them is replaced with two. And so as you go through the Bible in various places, it always lists 12 tribes. They, the only way to do that is by leaving one of the names off. And so quite frequently the name left off is Levi, because when they were dishing out the land, um, in you know when they came to the promised land, um, Levi was not given a land inheritance. You know, the tribe of Levi, they were the priests and they lived all through the land. So the other tribes are all listed, you know, the, the area of Gad and the area of Asher, and they all have their areas, but Levi has no area, he's left out. But interestingly, later on in the book of Revelation, there's some symbolism there, but the tribe of Dan is left off the list and Levi is in. <laughs> There's definitely some, you can do some exploring with this and, and see it's always the 12 tribes, but sometimes the, the way that they're presented is adjusted. So that's, that's an interesting little thing to do some researching on. So now Jacob blesses these two boys and he switches his hands over. So Joseph's presented the boys in a way so that the firstborn, Manasseh, is on the left side. So he, Joseph's, Jacob's right hand can go right onto him and, and the other, the left hand. 
but Jacob actually switches his hand. So he puts his right hand onto the secondborn and his left hand onto the firstborn. And Joseph is like, no, dad, that's not how it's supposed to be. This is the firstborn. But Jacob says, no, the young, you know, the firstborn will be a great nation, but the younger one will be the greater nation. So it's, it's the underdog thing all over again. And we see it over and over and over in the book of Genesis and all the way through the Bible, we see the underdog thing. And, um, you know, like um, the firstborn son of Adam and Eve is Cain, but he misses out. It's Seth, another one, an underdog. The firstborn um, son of Abraham is Ishmael, but he misses out. It's Isaac, the underdog. The firstborn son of Isaac is Esau, but he misses out. Jacob, the underdog, rises. Jacob has lots of sons. Joseph becomes the effective firstborn. He's not the firstborn, though. He's the one that gets sold into slavery. He's the real underdog. He rises. And we see it over and over and over again. And here it is again. And in a type of, a, in a big picture example of this, the children of Israel, the whole nation was an underdog nation. There were so many other nations in the world that were better, more sophisticated, wealthier, more organized. And the Egyptians detested the Hebrews. And um, because they looked down upon them for all various reasons. And yet the Lord picks the underdog. And I'd like to say to you that this is the Lord's style. In the New Testament, the Lord says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You know, we who love him, we were nothing. We were weak. We were powerless. We were despised. We might still be despised by the world, yet the Lord chooses the weak things. So don't rejoice in being weak, but rejoice that the Lord loves you and the Lord has chosen you and it his choosing doesn't mean you're better. It just means you're loved. And we're so grateful for that. And because we're loved, we get given inheritance. And it's the most fabulous thing of all. Because you've got no choice whether you're the firstborn or not. But when the Lord reaches down and takes someone who's not the firstborn and gives them an inheritance and puts them into Christ, it's just wonderful. So Lord, I thank you that we were weak. We were despised. We weren't... We were not worthy of anything and yet you reached down from heaven and took a hold of us and you've lifted us up and we thank you. And our prayer today, Lord, would be give us our inheritance. Lord, you've made us alongside Christ as firstborns, as, as those who are going to receive an inheritance. So now, Lord, give us our inheritance. Give us the spirit of God. Give us the fellowship of the saints. Give us grace in living this life. Give us the ability to advance and succeed and conquer the things that come against us and to overcome and to be blessed and to be a blessing. Lord, I thank you that we have an inheritance in Christ and now, Lord, we receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen.